Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz Today. Today, we make Vladimir Putin regret the day he questioned America's resolve. And we make clear to others, like China's President Xi, not to test our determination. And we send a clear bipartisan message of resolve to our allies in NATO. With the strong bipartisan support we have here in the Senate, with this vote, I believe that if Speaker Johnson brought this bill to the House floor, it will pass with the same strong bipartisan support. He's not bringing it. And by the way, what is this nonsense? We're going to show Vladimir Putin. He's going to regret the day he questioned America's resolve. What kind of commentary is this? What is Chuck Schumer doing? Why is it, Why does he always play this tough guy? Every single time he talks, it's, you're going to, you don't know, you test us, and we're going to show you, and you do something to the, to the, to the intelligence world, they've got nine waves from Sunday of getting back at you. And then, of course, I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Well, there's a call to violence. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Find everything over at TonyKatz.com. I'm tracking a couple of things, including that President Biden is going to speak soon about this foreign aid package. State Department's supposed to have a briefing, but this foreign aid package does not do anything about the border. And this is why Speaker Mike Johnson has said, yeah, we're not going to do this. You can find the full quote over at TonyKatz.com. It reads, House Republicans were crystal clear from the very beginning of discussions that any so-called national security supplemental legislation must recognize that national security begins at our own border. The House acted 10 months ago to help enact transformative policy change by passing the Secure Our Border Act. And since then, including today, the Senate has failed to meet the moment. Remember, there was legislation. But the legislation was, uh, eh, eh, it, um, it was, uh, how do I, how do I describe the legislation? Ooh, you suck. All right, Tyler, that was, that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. It didn't actually protect the border. It made lots of claims. But if you're going to shut down the border with 5,000 crossings of people claiming asylum, why is the number 5,000? And what if they don't claim asylum? And even if they don't claim asylum, it allowed the Secretary of Homeland Security to provide asylum. So what are we looking at? Did it really bring about the technology pieces necessary to have a secure border? A secure border is not a fence from McAllen all the way to the Pacific. There are plenty of places where one does not need a fence. Fences don't stop, fences slow down, so these people can be apprehended. But we also have an administration that is clear as day 
they do not believe in remain in Mexico as a policy because they think that somehow Mexico gets a say in this. A few things about remain in Mexico. First of all, it depends upon uh, Mexico's agreement. And Mexico has articulated publicly that it will not allow the, the re-implementation of remain in Mexico. Number they don't get a say. They should be implementing remain in Central America and preventing the flow. Because they are not a good friend, they must now deal with the consequences. That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. They don't get a say when they do us harm, when they cause us great damage. I didn't know this was a weird thing to note. This legislation doesn't pass. They want to tie it to funding in Ukraine and other places. So now they pass funding for Ukraine, Taiwan, and Israel, including $9 billion to Gaza for humanitarian assistance. Now listen to me carefully. As we have already stated, there are definitely people who suffer in Gaza. That is the fault of Hamas. And if these people would just demand that Hamas surrender and put the pressure on, and put the pressure on Iran, more sanctions, maybe punching the Ayatollah directly in the face, putting an end to their ability to fund terrorism, maybe, just maybe, Hamas would surrender. Hamas has to be destroyed in order for there to be peace. But if you take $9 billion and you provide aid to Gaza, you're providing it to Hamas. They steal. They cannot be trusted. They are disgusting, lying frauds. Hamas is so despicable that they might as well join the UNRWA. Oh, the UN is no friend of free and thinking people. The UNRWA is in and of itself a terrorist organization. Because as Israel has gone after and, yes, killed Hamas terrorists, the Israeli military has found weapons and assets inside these headquarters. The UNRWA is this uh, Reliefs Works program that, that's, that's part of the United Nations. Oh, they're going to help the people of Gaza. They're going to do this and do that and do the other. And aren't they so wonderful? They're not wonderful. They are anything but wonderful. They are supporters of terrorism. Nope, sorry. They are terrorists themselves. UNRWA members, where you're talking about the United States funding to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars a year, were involved in the planning if not the execution of executing Israelis by Hamas. This has caused the United States and others to stop funding to the UNRWA, which has upset... Sorry about that. Uh, it has upset a Representative Ocasio-Cortez to no end. How dare you not support the UNRWA? Because we don't support terrorists, and they're a terrorist organization. Assets and weapons found inside a United Nations-affiliated building... The UNRWA supports Hamas in the destruction of Israel. The United Nations is not worth a good, holy damn. It's time to rethink this organization. It's time to start over. That's all. So yes, I would have been opposed to the legislation by giving $9 billion 
to Gaza for humanitarian aid. I'm not opposed to humanitarian aid. I am opposed to the idea that someone could be such a fool as to think the people will get it. They won't get anything. Hamas will make sure of that. They are terrible people. They are terrorists. They do not run a nation. They do not run a society. They destroy everything they touch, and they don't care who they destroy. So when the Senate rejected the legislation last week, they rejected not only this aid, but they rejected the legislation about the border. Speaker Johnson's point is that the border comes first. Not that there can't be aid for these places, and you and I could disagree about who gets aid and how much aid. I have no problem sending bullets to Ukraine. I have no problem sending missiles to Israel. Zero problem with these things. Zero. You might have a problem with these things. Okay, that's a discussion. But what we are arguing is the border comes first. So this legislation for this uh, supplemental, this aid, comes before the Senate. They vote on it. What the House is saying is, listen to me carefully. Border first. The mandate, writes Speaker Johnson, of national security supplemental legislation was to secure America's own border before sending additional foreign aid around the world. It is what the American people demand and deserve. Now, in the absence of having received any single border policy change from the Senate, the House will have to continue to work its own will on these important matters. America deserves better than the Senate's status quo. Translation, we passed legislation 270, 280 days ago on this exact subject. We passed legislation. The Senate can take it up. Chuck Schumer can take it up right now. But we take a look at you, Senate. You passed this foreign aid bill 70 to 29. That was the vote. 22 Republicans went along with it, including Senator Todd Young of Indiana and a host of others. Now, people are upset with him. How dare you do this funding without doing something about the border? The border deal came in front of him. I'm I'm speaking specifically about Senator Young in this case, my take. He said no. Now you brought this in front of him. He said yes. He did. I I would argue he did exactly what he was supposed to do. I don't think you say no to the border funding because or, or to the to the funding of these other places because there's no border deal. There was a border deal. He voted no on it. Bring me another border deal. I'll vote yes. But you brought this to me. The other side of the argument is you don't vote for it at all until there's a border deal. Both ways I think are fine. But it's not as if he said, um, um, I don't care if there's a border deal. There was a border deal brought before him. He said, no, I think that should matter. I think that should be, it's a little more of honest of a conversation. But one could say, no, 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 don't even vote for this stuff. That way you put more pressure to demand a border deal. I think I can appreciate that point of view. This is exactly what Speaker Mike Johnson is saying, and I back that up. There should be absolutely no deal, none, no deal at all regarding providing to Israel, and of course I support Israel, Israel has the right to exist, Israel has the right to defend itself, I am a Zionist, there's not even a debate, but the border comes first, Americans come first, Mike Johnson is right. I don't believe this legislation is going to happen. 
If Republicans cannot stay together on this, I do not know what to tell you about the Republican Party. Yet Joe Biden is supposed to come out and sing the praises of this thing and talk about how important it is. I don't know if he'll take questions. What I do know is that if he does, it's going to be hilarious. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. For a while there, it was rough. But lately, I've been doing better than the last four cold Decembers, I recall. What's the first thing I do, even before I assess why they're fighting, before I gather the facts and know what's happening? I stop the fight. I stop fighting. Yes. So if I come home and I have two kids fighting and I say, go, go, beat the crap out of them. I am evil because I have violated the most basic duty of fatherhood, which is to bring peace, because I have the power. I'm the only one who can bring peace. And so if you see a nation with awesome power abetting war for its own sake, you have a leadership that has no moral authority, that is illegitimate. And I mean that, too. And, I, and I, not, I'm not even referring to any specific region or conflict. I mean generally. And I'm deeply offended by that. Deeply. Tucker Carlson is deeply offended. I don't know how I'm going to survive. This is from a site called Arab News that posted this. He spoke at the World Government Summit. The U.S. has lost moral authority for not calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. Entering an era where this awesome force for good is instead being used for evil. Is that what he said? is the most bring peace. And so if you see a nation with awesome power abetting war for its own sake, you have a leadership that has no moral authority, that is illegitimate. And I mean that too. And, I, and I, not, I'm not even referring to any specific region or conflict. I mean generally. And I'm deeply offended by that, deeply. Um, and, and it's something that I try to express, and I'm often called a traitor for saying that. It's the opposite. I say that, I say that because I believe in the United States, I think it's a moral, it has been a morally superior country. And if we allow our leaders to use our power to spread destruction for its own sake, that is shameful. It's a binary, okay? It's a, it's a black and white. It's a zero and a one. You are either creating or you're destroying. You're improving or you're degrading. And that's how you know whether something is good or bad, whether it's virtuous or evil. If you just judge the fruits, by its fruits, you will know it. Uh, and, I, and I'm very distressed and concerned that we are entering an era where this awesome force for good is instead being used for evil. Now, if he's referring to Israel, well, then we have words. I'm not so sure he is. And, I, and, and maybe I need to see more of a clip. Here's how it all started is the most powerful country in the history of the world. So if you were to frame this in terms we're all familiar with, which are the most basic terms, the terms of the family, the United States would be dad, would be the father. And the father's sacred obligation is to protect his family and to restore peace within his walls. So if I come home, I have four children, if I come home from work and two of my kids are fighting, what's the first thing I do? Even before I assess why they're fighting, before I gather the facts and know what's happening. I, I, stop, the fight. I stop fighting. Yes. So if I come home and I have two kids fighting and I say, go, go, beat the crap out of them. I am evil. That Arab news uh, posts this as something that is uh, 
U.S. losing its moral authority for not calling for a ceasefire. From the clip, I can't say that's the case. But certainly, one could make an inference. I guess I'd have to see the, the rest of what Tucker had to say here. Um, it, is, it is amongst the political right in today's world a bit of heresy to say that Tucker is not correct. I would say it to his face without any hesitation. No hesitation at all. When he's wrong, I will say so. I will back it up and we can talk about it. This is wrong. How did that happen? How did that happen? And at a certain point, I don't think the average person cares as much about abstractions as about the concrete reality of his life. And if you can't use your subway, for example, as many people are afraid to in New York City because it's too dangerous, you have to sort of wonder, like, isn't that the ultimate measure of leadership? And that's true. By the way, it's radicalizing for an American to go to Moscow. I didn't know that. I've learned it this week. To Singapore, to Tokyo, to Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Because these cities, no matter how we're told they're run and on what principles they're run, are wonderful places to live that don't have rampant inflation, where you're not going to get raped. Sir, and excuse so, me. What is that? Well, that is you not being honest. The idea that New York or San Francisco or Los Angeles aren't living up to its promise, aren't actually engaged in a protection of the citizenry by utilizing a proper application of its laws, is not to say that as a nation it is run wrong or as a nation somehow Abu Dhabi is run better. Let's talk to the women and get their thoughts. That's like saying, my gosh, China, look at how their, how their trains work. It's so incredible. We need high-speed rail like this. We do. Because you're saying that we should be emulating a nation that will take the Uyghur Muslims and put them in concentration camps. Oh, I'm sorry, re-education camps. Well, I don't know where they are. I do know that the women are getting raped. This I know. This isn't something you're supposed to emulate. This isn't something you want to, 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 to value. I have no idea if these cities are prettier or nicer. What I know is, is that our cities are not living up to their promise because poor elections lead to poor results. And that indeed is true. The leadership is failed in those places and that is by political party. That is worthy of noting. To say that Moscow is better? I'm sorry, that's not a, well, it's just an objective statement. Look at Moscow. Look how pretty it is. No, no. Just like we're discussing the leadership, the leadership of Moscow is absolute force into brutality. Don't do what they say. We throw your body at the Ukrainians. Don't worry. We'll use it to run the tanks over so we can advance four more feet before we have to retreat four more feet, which we'll then do on your half-decomposed carcass. What are we looking at? You don't have to think that someone is, you know, always right all the time. You're allowed to disagree. It's healthy and it's good and it matters. And with Tucker, I'm, I'm doing it right here. This is Tony Katz today. I knew that I wouldn't. I feel good. 
Before I go, just for a second, I, ahead, I just I want to pick yeah. up where Joe is. Democrats have got to start getting pissed. Joe Biden has done a great job. Joe Biden has overseen the best economy in my lifetime. He has overseen getting NATO together and defending Ukraine, handling Israel deftly, keeping this country at, coming out of COVID. He's done everything right. The other guy is insane. Joe Biden is 80 plus years old. Yes, he is. He has been a competent, effective leader. The Democrats need to get pissed and start fighting. Uh, counter argument, Donnie Deutsch. You're wrong. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I'll, I'll get in some more of that. I have a bunch of things that I haven't gotten to, including Fonnie Willis. Oh, they're coming out of the woodwork to go after the Fulton County DA. This fraud giving uh, extra dollars to her lover, who's now acting as the prosecutor against Donald Trump. Ho, ho, ho. You want to talk about a crook. But but if, if I could just for a moment, uh, if you follow me on X, you may have seen that just now I, I, I wrote a, uh, a little uh, missive o- over to the people at Fox News. It turns out that over there in New York, um, they are going to have a snowstorm. Not even supposed to be here today. It, there, there, there is gonna be some some snow, and it, it, it's gonna be uh, it's it's gonna be um, it's gonna be pretty bad. Damn, nature, you scary. I agree. I agree. You know what the problem is? The problem is is that uh, we here in the Midwest. We get snow all the time. We get bad weather constantly. You know who doesn't report on it while driving around? Fox News. We get garbage weather all the time. You don't report on it. Why in the world are you telling us about your snowstorm? We don't care. By the way, I, I've also made sure that I'm not invited back on Fox for a good long time. Then again, these days, I have no idea what they're even after. I don't. I like them. We like them. I like what they're doing with Fox Nation. They have clearly engaged some traction there. But no one cares about the snowstorm. Let's get back to news and culture sincerely. And this is what I wrote. Dear Fox News, we like you, but we don't care about you getting some snow or a lot of snow. We get snow, lots of snow. You don't report on it like this. Let's get back to news and culture. Sincerely, the Midwest and your viewers. What are you doing? Stop. Stop giving us the, these th- this imagery like oh my gosh snowmageddon in in New York no one no one cares it doesn't move us now if you want to talk about weather affecting the special election in New York where they're trying to replace George Santos I get that that's a fine news story other than that would you 
would you stop trying to sell us on the idea that if it's happening there, it matters to us here? It doesn't. It doesn't. We don't. I, I, I don't know how to, uh, how to say this. I don't know how to kind of phrase this to you. It's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma. All right, maybe I got it. May, may, maybe, maybe I've got it. All right, let me, let me, let me try this. All right, all right, all right. All right let me, I'll, I'll get it. You know what? If, if I don't, if I don't say it right, honey badger don't care. Listen, listen to me now. Um, we don't care, and we're tired of being told that we should care about everything that happens on your street corners. I was born in Brooklyn. I grew up in Jersey. I live in Indianapolis, and I am thrilled to live in Indiana. Thrilled to live in a place like this. You know what I don't care about? Pizza rat. I don't care that you have a rat that likes to eat giant slices of pizza and quite literally can be seen tossing pies off of Fifth Avenue. I don't care. Oh, look at the rat. It's taking a piece of pizza down the steps of the subway. All of a sudden, Tucker Carlson may be right. Your city is crap. I, I, don't, I don't worry about these things. I don't care about these things because you don't. It's not like you're trying to make your city better. You vote for people who are destructive. You vote for people who are terrible. The only way to learn is pain. And why do you think we haven't been there to visit? Why do you think we haven't come for years? But stop telling us about the weather. Whole, we have derechos uh, that, that, that hit uh, Iowa. We're talking about massive storms that do tremendous damage. We get a line, and then you move on to some story that no one gives two craps about. And I should just call out Fox for this. It's everybody. They think that somehow, because that's where they are, and that's where they have the buildings, that's the place that matters. No, it's not. It's hard to, for them to imagine how little they matter in our lives. And it's why what we do matters so much. As a guy who chased it, of course I did. I'm a guy in talk radio. I'm a guy who does pretty well on TV. I did a lot of work with Fox, and I may do work with them in the future. I haven't stopped doing TV. But I don't pitch anymore. I don't reach out to do the work anymore. I don't. I chased Fox thinking that I could be one of those guys. Now, do I believe I have the skill set? Of course I do. You, in, in, in any business, if you really believe that you could be a guy who does the thing, you believe that you could do it anywhere. Of course I do. Just like any radio host, do I believe that I am at, at the top of my game? Absolutely. Do I believe that I'm better than the people I see on TV? In the, in, in the majority of cases, you bet your ass. You know what you learn? None of that matters. It doesn't matter if I can do. It matters what they need. What they think they need. What they desire. Where their objectives are. And that doesn't mean it aligns with your objective. I'm a guy who chased. Of course I did. And then I said, uh, uh, what am I doing? There's nothing to chase here. This isn't the goal. 
be a pundit? I had no interest in being a pundit. I want to I want to talk. I want to share. I want to engage. I want to hear from people. But I want to hear from people across the country. I want to hear from people who are 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 engaged in everyday lives that have a real effect on you, me and we. I'll talk about subjects that that matter. So am I, you know, angry with Fox? No, not at all. I'm angry with these networks that think that somehow where they are is the place that matters as opposed to where people are. And your people are in the Midwest and they don't give a damn about your snowstorm. So if you could, just uh, stop talking about the snowstorm. That'd be great. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today. These med schools are going to get us all killed. All of us. As the reporting goes, UCLA med students assigned readings calling for the abolition of borders. The group is called Do No Harm that um, shared this story. Me, I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Some of the assigned readings, structural racism and health equity. One of the readings was entitled Beyond Border Health, Infrastructural Violence and the Health of Border Abolition, calling for a no-border system that privileges uh, liberatory solidarity, that's their words, with migrants. Um, No borders means that you will have more diseases coming into the United States that we thought eradicated because certainly our systems of health and cleanliness and hygiene and, and sanitation are far superior. And that should be noted. But you want open borders and this should be taught and and something that should be practiced within med schools? What about actually, you know, the patient in front of you? Well, that's secondary. Just make sure you're using the right pronoun. Med schools are going to get people killed. Your grandmother is not safe. You are not safe. Add to this the, the nursing shortage that's going on in America. Where's the institutional knowledge to be uh, brought down the generational chain? It's gone. Or it's going. We don't have enough nurses. We don't have enough nurses who stay in the places. You certainly don't have the nurses for more remote hospitals. You don't have it. That's going to lead to dead Americans. But when doctors are more focused on the wokeness and on the pronouns and on the patient in front of them, you have dead patients. When you clearly see, based on all the other demographics, why would it be different in medicine, that the entree to medical school is not based on talent or knowledge. It is rather based on things that have nothing to do with it. When you see schools that take a look at organic chemistry and students complaining that it's just too hard. Organic chemistry is supposed to be hard. It separates the wheat from the chaff. It separates out those who can be doctors and those who can't. Because no matter who you are, no matter your race, your religion, your sexual orientation, 
I don't care. Some of you can make great doctors, and some of you don't have what it takes. And that's the end of the ballgame. Some of you can play quarterback in the NFL, and some of you can't. Some of you can be a shooting guard, and some of you can't. And that's the way it goes. Natural lottery, however you want to call it. We're not supposed to attack this. We're supposed to support this because we want the people who can be doctors to be doctors. We want to be in those hands when it comes to our medical care. And when we're watching a basketball game, we want to watch the people who can shoot the best three. And when we're watching people play chess, we want to watch people who understand the idea of an opening, the idea of defense. We want people who have looked at Queen's Gambit and said, oh, that's not real. Let me show you how it's done. That's what you want. Not everybody can be a doctor. I mean, anybody can be a doctor, but you have to have a certain mind for it. We should be celebrating that. Not saying, no, that's not fair, let's open it up and let's make the, the, the important qualities things that have nothing to do with medicine. These med schools are going to get us all killed. In Texas, there was a woman who claimed to be a man who was involved in a shooting. How she was able to purchase a firearm is a great question. Passed the background checks, but she was on a list. A history of mental illness held an emergency detention order in 2016. This woman who went by Jeffrey, a lengthy criminal history, going back to 2005, charges of assault, weapons, marijuana possession, forgery charges, found anti-Semitic writings, issues that this murderer had with her Jewish relatives. Why do I say her? Because uh, she thought that she was a he and said that she was a he and I'm not interested in playing a game. I'm interested in describing things as they are. Gender dysphoria is a mental illness. And this story of the shooting that took place at Lakewood Church, that Joel Osteen church, this story is going to disappear. Disappear. Why? Because the shooter was transgender. And, oh, we can't talk about that. That can be seen as rude. We should be talking about the Nashville shooter and the mental issues therein, and we should be talking about this shooter and the, and the mental issues therein. We talk about mental issues all over the place. We talk about mental issues all the time. We talk about these things constantly. But yet somehow on this subject... Nothing to be said. Somehow on this subject, we cannot say a word. Nah. We should be saying much. And what we should be saying is, hey, how soon before this story completely disappears from sight? How soon before this story disappears that this woman also brought a child with her. A kid. And I have no idea if this child is going to survive. Now, someone thought that maybe the child had had passed. I, I, I still haven't seen a good story on that one. I've got a, a bunch of things here. 
but I have nothing on where this child is. What I know is this story is going to disappear. It's going to disappear because narrative-wise, oh, this is not okay. We can't be honestly discussing these things. I think we should, and I think we will. You want honesty? The Dow is down nearly 600 points. Right now, 597.70. That's what it's down. Should we just wait to see if it crosses 600? This because of the inflation report. And yet this Biden administration is still trying to tell you that everything is going great, that, oh, the consumer is thrilled because, oh, look, consumer confidence was up. Ask them today. Ask them today what they think. Days like this, inflation reports like this, this affects business. If you missed my conversation with Matt Will, I'll I'll share it with you coming up. There is an effect here. And it is the idea of capital expenditure. It is idea how you grow your business. And who can feel comfortable about growing a business right now? Who could possibly feel comfortable about growing a business? Joe Biden is expected to uh, deliver remarks regarding the foreign aid bill that passed the Senate this morning. It's been delayed 45 minutes so far. Let's, Let's see if he gets to it. This is Tony Katz today.